Welcome to Back on Your Bullshit. I am your host, Kate Morris. I'm a qualified nutritionist and personal trainer who fell in love with helping women build strong, healthy, and confident bodies. This podcast talks all things health, fitness, mindset, and business, helping you get back on your bullshit, take control, and build your dream life. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Back on Your Bullshit podcast. I am popping a disclaimer at the start of this potty because today we do talk in depth about mental health, eating disorders, and restricted eating habits. If this is triggering towards you in any way, shape, or form, please click away now. Alrighty, we are live on air. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Back on Your Bullshit podcast. I don't know why I started that like I was on the radio. This is the radio. We're not live on air. This is the new version of radio. This is not even live. They don't even know that. (laughs) They don't even know that. Literally, what a fucking joke. Anyways, we are back. Uh, It has been a bit of a hiatus on my podcast. I don't think I've recorded an episode in like a month and a half. You've been busy. And everyone's probably listening to your voice right now being like, who the fuck are you talking to? But I have a special guest on today, one of my good friends, and I will let him introduce himself. Um, my name's Kale. I'm a PT. I've been in this industry for five years. I specialize in mental health, getting clients uh, healthy relationships with training, food, getting them into the gym, feeling comfortable and safe. Um, I also do a bit of strength and conditioning. Um, yeah. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be good. Keen. This is um, Kale's first podcast. Yes. I'm literally popping his podcast virginity. Yes. And he looks really nervous. Mum had the conversation about the birds and the bees with me, so... (laughs) Before you showed up today, just in case. Sat me down. No, I'm really excited about today's conversation. So we're pretty much going to dive like deep into the nitty gritty of everything about Kale's life, because I think it's really interesting. I'll take that. I think it's really interesting. So you're like the second male I ever had on this podcast, right? And I wanted to keep this podcast really female only, but then I realized... We got to give a voice to the men. Well, I think life experiences can don't really have a specific gender. Everything's 100%, an experience. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So you're the second male, which is super exciting. So give us a little bit more detail for those that don't know you. I know you said what you do, but why did you get into the fitness industry? I was a fat kid, and really? I got really. Mom decided to name me Kale. It's a vegetable. Wasn't then, <laughs> but also Kale has awful rhyming names. And when you're a larger kid growing up, Kale rhymes with whale, and that was my name all through school really? and everything. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. That's, you, were re- you went through a really skinny point, though, as well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I was quite large, and then I started running, and I forced myself to run uh, 5Ks every single day for a very long time, and wow. just to lose all that weight. And then I got really skinny, and I was like, okay, I need to build back up, so I started in... And now doing, he's a unit. Yeah, doing bodybuilding. So now you're in the bodybuilding space, obviously, as you just said. So have you competed before for the people that don't know? I have done one competition, did it by myself, just wanted to see what the experience was like. And as a PT, I think it's a good experience to show people that you've been in the same, you know, environment that they have, like what dieting is like, what extreme dieting is like, just to know, like, what's a safe thing mentally and physically for someone. Yeah. So... I want to backtrack, sorry. This is going to be... Wait, guys, you know me that I fucking raw dog every episode. And, like, whenever I have a guest on, I never prepare, prepare, prepare 
oh my god questions because i just like to fucking go balls to wall so i want to backtrack a little bit you said that you were obviously bullied as a kid lost all this weight from running Mm -hmm. did you have like a pretty shit outlook on exercise like where did your fitness journey begin obviously after that weight loss period so my fitness journey, I, this is going to be a very controversial opinion about mm. a lot of fitness opinion. We uh, love if, controversy. Um, like when it comes to anything, bodybuilding is quite an extreme. Um, and most of them tend to stem from depression, anxiety, things like mm. that. So it could be a negative outlook, but I've seen bodybuilding is more a glorified version of self-harm. Interesting. Because it's a, however, it's glorified by, you know, society, you're being fit and healthy, but a lot of the people I know go in and train a hundred percent, absolutely torturing themselves, Yeah. trying to like either shut out a voice in their head, punish themselves for something. Yeah. And that's, that's a representation of that. So for me, when I was running, it was, if you don't get finished this lap, you know, you're pathetic. You've done like, you're not going to get anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. So Obviously, you've gone through that whole, like, uh, not, what's the word, like, restrictive kind of exercising. And do you feel like now, five years or six years, how long, how old were you when you started this running? When I started running, I was probably 16 or 17. How old are you now? It's 25. Okay, so, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you find now that you're at a healthy point in your health and fitness? Oh, just like anything, it's a working progress. I mean, in the past few years, working with a therapist has yeah. been really helpful. Yeah. Like one of the first things I said, I, I told them that, that it's a form of punishment. And they're like, how can you like find a way to change that view rather than mm. uh, looking at it as like, if you don't do this, you know, that no one's going to like you or anything like that to like, self-improvement yeah as a different aspect so kind of like flipping the switch on like a punishment to what can i do to like be better and do better yep 100 percent. so you're quite open we're gonna get into a little bit of a can of worms here we're getting probably far too open yeah i love it we're getting deep in this podcast i can already feel it but you're quite open about your mental health journey and like your mental health battle because i remember earlier on in the year you were going to do a bodybuilding competition and then what kind of happened with that I went too hard and too fast for myself. So putting on extreme calories, it's one of those things. I'm zero or 100%. Mm. And it was one of those things I dropped too fast. Your energy goes away. Your mood goes away. As you know, I wasn't the nicest person. I wasn't mean. I just... I don't think we spoke for like five months. I don't think I spoke to anyone. Yeah. I just kept my head down. I didn't have the energy to talk. I didn't have the energy to do anything. Yeah. I saved all my energy for my partner and my clients. Yeah. Outside of that, I just sat in silence. Yeah. And was that kind of hard mentally for you going through that? And when did you feel like you needed to pull the plug on going ahead with your comp? Well, I I'd normally, I set outside 30 weeks to diet. Yeah. I lasted 30 weeks. 25 weeks. Wow. Um, I mean, bodybuilding's a, a very long progressive yeah. thing. It's not so maybe let's explain bodybuilding to the people that are listening, because I feel like obviously me and you sitting here today, we know what bodybuilding is. We know the extremes of it. We know what it is. But a lot of people that are listening might not actually know what you need to do to get stage ready or anything like that. Um, but yeah. So a lot of it is very restricted calories and macronutrients and breaking everything down, timing your macronutrients your sleep, yeah. um, steps, cardio, all of that is built into it. It's 
a very selfish sport. We understand that. Yeah. But it's for our... Like, everyone has their own goals. Sometimes you need to put that aside just to prove to yourself you can do something that's yeah. hard. But it, for us, it was just dropping our body fat as uh, as much as we can to kind of be, like, paper-thin skin so yeah. that you can see every... Dick out- skin lean, guys. Dick skin lean. <laughs> you didn't want to say that. I didn't want to... Yeah. It's, it's re- called, called dick skin lean. Dick skin lean, yeah. Um, and you want to see every bit of muscle as you can on stage yeah um and to see if it's proportionate the size yeah um and get a good shape going for that and how long on average again for the people that don't know is a normal prep obviously it's different for everyone but on average um it depends the dieting phase could be 12 to i mean i did 30 weeks it's 12 to 25 weeks yeah um but usually if you're prepping for a show you start 18 months out yeah and that 18 months is like growing growing you look at what you need to do and to you would drive calories macros yep. up training intensity would be driven up as yeah, well Yeah, training intensity trying to work like you're not really training for strength as much as you are for size which changes the rep range the set range the yeah. weights yeah. the rest and then uh as you get closer you'll start changing your calories and then you really start restricting them increasing cardio trying not to drop your calories too much that you lose muscle. So you have to find that nice balance between what's fat, what's muscle. It's really a numbers game. Hey, like I always explain this to my clients as well. Obviously I don't coach any comp prep clients at all. I've never done a comp. I don't think I ever will. And I would not feel comfortable to coach someone through that if I've never done it myself. Um, But what I always explain to my girls is like, it's always going to be a numbers game when it comes down to calories and macros. And, Mm Just a little disclaimer, guys, we're not sitting here saying that you need to track calories and macros. We're obviously talking about the extremes of bodybuilding right now, which requires you to track your calories and macros. But for my clients who aren't doing that, that do want to um, count their calories and macros and learn a little bit more, I always explain to them it's a numbers game. You can never kind of sit on the same calories for an extended period of time if you're wanting to drop body fat because it's always going to be changing. Your maintenance levels will be changing. Your output's going to be changing. Your sleep's going to be changing. Like everything is always, it's kind of a moving factor. Yeah, yeah. Everything's always going to be moving, especially like as your energy expenditure goes up your muscle mass, muscle mass might increase. And if yeah. your muscle mass increases, then you have to look at rearranging your carbohydrates and protein. Yeah. See what's working, what needs to fuel up. So how did you deal? Because obviously doing a bodybuilding comp, you have to be like really to a schedule of the timing that you eat, right? Yep. How did you deal with that? Um, and working in the gym, on the floor, all the time? I am lucky with my clients. I've built a good rapport. Like most of my clients have been with me at least a year so one to like even my very first client five years over five years now he's been with me retention king yeah so i i I hold most of my clients um and they all understand me and i'm lucky enough to be able to say oh am i able to eat a meal while we train and they they know it and they yeah and it's not like i'm eating anything like enticing yeah i'm not standing there eating a pizza i've just got like fish and yeah fish and a rice cake you know (laughs) Delicious, nutritious. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> That's so funny. So, obviously, but we're fucking jumping all over the place, honestly. Every time someone comes on my podcast, we never stick to the fucking the idea I have in my brain. So, going back to you pulling the plug on your bodybuilding car. Yeah. Um, I saw how it was affecting my family. Like I was I became very short fused just because you don't have the energy to deal with anyone anymore. Yeah. Um, like if it wasn't urgent, I didn't want to have the conversation. 
so I'd be a bit snappy and I'd pull my head in and I was like, you know, this is affecting uh, like the relationship with the people around me and that's like I've changed as a person because I'm not normally like that. Like mm. I'm, I tend to be very like jovial. Yeah. Well, I Carefree. try to be at least. No, you yeah. are, you are, yeah. Um, and it was affecting that and I wasn't going in to absolutely win. I was doing this to just test my own limits and I was like, this isn't worth it. This isn't worth the relationships. It's potentially could ruin or affect. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You've got to take care of me first. Like I preach that to all my clients. Yeah. You know? So do you think in that time that you were prepping, your mental health was suffering? Oh yeah. Um, it, it suffers in a different way mm. because with the energy, it's, you don't have time to actually think. Yeah. But you just don't have time for anything. So you don't have that like late night thinking, or if you're thinking, you're thinking about food. Yeah. It's not like... It switches the focus yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's not like you're lying in bed and it's like, oh, that thing I did five years ago that I can't, like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed about. Me every night. Yeah. It's me, back to me <laughs> yeah. now. Literally. I feel like, why do all your, like, hectic thoughts come when you're trying to sleep? I think we're just so... There has to be science to that, well, guys. Especially because we're business focused. We're always thinking about work. Yeah. always thinking about clients. When that time comes when we're not thinking, it's kind of just like our brain's like, we need to think about like, something. Like, why did you do that socially awkward thing 10 years ago, Kate? Like, yep. those people probably still think you're fucking weird. No one's even thinking about it, but my brain runs, runs rampant. Oh, I've done that. I've, I've I even asked people many years... I did one thing, <laughs> asked someone five years later, they're like... I don't remember this at all. I was like, I feel better now. (laughs) Great. That will help me sleep better at night. Yeah. That is so good. So your mental health was struggling and then you decided, I'm going to pull the pin on. Yep. And then I started eating and it was an instant change. Yeah. Like absolutely instant change for me. How interesting that food can really affect your mood so incredibly. Well, food affects your hormones. Yeah. But like, do you know what I like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't understand the, the effect that low calories can actually have, yep. not just on your physical health, but also your mental health. Yep, 100%. It's like, I, I, if you're in an extreme diet, it's changing your personality. You're dieting too hard. Yeah. If you're not dieting for a show, you're dieting too hard. Yeah. How are your fatigue levels? Uh, awful. Like, at the moment or then? Then. Awful. Like, my coach wanted me to do the assault bike, and he'd never done a bodybuilding competition. He was a powerlifter, and I was yeah. like... I have to focus on every step I take so I don't fall over. I have to manually breathe. Yeah. Because if I don't think about my breathing, my body stopped doing it naturally. See, this is so interesting to me because obviously, like I said, I've never prepped for a comp. I've never coached someone through a comp prep. And to be honest, I don't really... Like, I have friends who have done it, but I'm not really super heavily involved in understanding the bodybuilding world like i like to watch the shows i like to look at everyone's physiques i think they look fucking amazing and i know how much hard work it takes but this is so interesting to me yeah this is the dark side of bodybuilding it's that nobody talks about it's hell and that's the thing like people will talk about it and talk about on like the instagram that they're going through a hard time and you'll see other people being like everyone's going through that hard time and you kind of just look at that and you're like, don't undermine someone else's struggles. Yeah. What's that saying? It's like everyone is in the sea, but everyone's driving a different ship or something. Fair. I haven't heard is that. that but say- I'll take There's like some it's saying, saying that it's now. like, it's pretty much saying like, you know, everyone struggles in yeah. their own right. We can't compare everyone's yeah. struggles to each other's. Yeah. A hundred percent. One thing that'll affect someone might not affect another in the same way. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I fucking love that. It's so true. So pulled the plug. Yep. 
now what's the go? Uh, just enjoy eating, training, yeah. try to get as strong as I possibly can. Yeah. Try to you... get as big as, as, a, as I possibly can. You're a fucking unit. Guys, you have to check out Kale's Instagram after this. We'll plug it at the end. But you are a very strong human. Thank you. Do you remember one of the first times when we became friends? We were on the leg extension. You probably don't remember this, but I remember this because it's like a core memory burnt into my brain because I was so embarrassed. This is one of those things where I stay up at night and I think about this is a full circle moment. I have no idea what you're talking about. You, so that's right. I was on the leg extension and I was like leg curling 40 kilos. I was like, holy fuck, yeah, I'm a beast. Like I felt so strong. It was like a PB. And then you came over and you're like, can I work in with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Puts the whole stack on, does like 15 reps. 20. 20 reps. And I literally sat there. I was like, cool. This is so cool. All I've got going for me are my thighs. <laughs> Thick thighs save lives. I fucking love it. So good. So to any new PT that potentially is listening today, that's wanting to get into the industry, what is some advice you can give them? Um, get an accountant. <laughs> Actually, that is fucking, I did not expect that to come out of your mouth, but good. Yeah, that's good advice. It's purely because don't do me. Yeah. <laughs> The PT side is, I mean, obviously, if you're getting into the fitness industry, you live and breathe it already. That stuff's not the the hard stuff. It's the business aspect behind it, um, which is the most difficult aspect of PT. What do you think's the hardest part about business specifically, though? Um, For me, personally... I'm not good at keeping, I mean, obviously everyone's got their own way. Uh, Asking for money is a really hard thing to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even, um, I know a lot of other coaches is going to, is going to resonate with what I'm about to say, increasing your prices. Yep. Make sure you write a contract. Yes. Um, and in there put a clause saying, you know, the prices can change. Yeah. uh, through financial year, everything like that, just so everyone knows. Uh, get a solid contract going. Yeah. Um, and get people to sign them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't have a contract that you don't get people to sign. I know that sounds so fucking stupid and dumb, but I've done it yep. 100%. When I first started, I would be like, oh, yeah, like I've got a contract and then they'd never sign it. And then that means, you know, you've got no financial security yourself yep. and your client has no security that you're going to be providing X, Y, and Z service for them. Yep. So it's like a bit of like a give and take. You're providing something and they're also providing something as well. A hundred percent. Plus it's also cancellation. Like I'm a face-to-face PT, so yeah. cancellation's a huge thing. Um, and you might not get paid for that session if they cancel because you haven't signed it. They, they haven't signed it. Yeah. It's not in their clause, so they don't yeah. have to pay you. Cancellation policies in your contract, guys. Honestly, it's so important. I think mine's 48 hours. Or 24 hours for face-to-face. I do 24 hours. Yeah. Um, or they have to reschedule within the week. Within the week. Yeah, same. So, if, you know, obviously we're, we're nice humans. If people are sick or they can't make their session, yep. we're usually pretty flexible with it. But you don't want to get to the point where somebody's cancelling every single week and then all of a sudden you're down $600. And it happens. And it happens. A lot more than you think it does. Mm. And I think um, a bit of advice that I would give people or coaches that are getting into the industry is... Treat your business like an actual business. Yes. Don't treat it like a side hustle. Don't treat it like, oh, you can pay me whenever you want or I'll charge you for free or I'll train you for free or whatever. Treat it like an actual fully functioning business. Another one is get uh, three bank accounts. 
is yeah, what I do. Same. So any payment you get into your account, split it. You got 33% going into tax, yep. 33%, you take that pay, 33% goes into the business. Yeah. And then you keep it in those accounts. It's easier to track. You know what money is yours. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like you might get $80 an hour, let's say, but yeah. you're making $24. Yeah. By the As, time that you split it all. By yeah. the time you split it, you're making $24. Yeah. And because we still need to pay tax. If you're working in a gym, you obviously need to pay rent. Yep. Majority of gyms will charge you rent. All that business, you've got marketing as well. Yep. That's not cheap. Buying equipment for yourself, yep. whether it be cameras, mics, or things like that. My mics, my yeah. little lapel mics. <laughs> so expensive. They're like 500 or 600 bucks. Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, three bank accounts. I do the same thing. Yep. So I have a business account where all of my money comes into weekly. And then from there, I'll split it between like... My tax, uh, my tax. So I'm saving tax for my quarterly um, yep. thing, bus statements that I pay, and then from there I also split it into like my gym rent. I give myself a little bit of a wage, and then I invest money back into my business always yep. as well. And that's a really good way. Come the end of tax time, when you have to lodge your tax um, agreement or payment, you can literally send that bank account details, all of the statements to your tax agent, and all of your income is there, ready to go. You yep. don't even need to worry about it. Yeah, that's probably the smartest thing to do. Um, and that's a big thing people forget is we, everyone, all my mates are going, oh, you, you earn $80 an hour. That's great. You're working, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours a week. Yeah. It's you like, yeah, bank. I get a third of that. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm still here just trying to live. I've got animals to feed and take care of. Yeah. But it's so true. And it's something that like a lot of coaches, especially when they get into PT, like, I also want to say, I love how we're just turning this into a fucking business podcast, but I also want to say like when you start as a PT, the hardest part of your business is starting your business, right? Oh, a hundred percent. You're going to do so much free work. It's not even funny. Oh, and Especially you have if it's face to face. Yeah. And on a, honestly, if you're a coach getting into the space, I don't know if you have the same opinion as me, Kale, but I believe that everyone needs to work in a face-to-face capacity before transitioning to online. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I know so many people who study and then go straight into online coaching and it's, you don't have experience, enough experience to understand the diversity of clients. Oh, a hundred, like me and Kale sitting in this room right now, I can tell you that we work with totally different clients, completely different. And if I was put, if we switch positions and I had to train your clients for a day and you had to train mine for a day, I would be like, holy fuck, I really have to adapt to this situation yep. because we train completely different people. Well, it's more the biomechanics. I think, Everything. Different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like learning, a big thing is learning people's hip structure, a simple thing. It's not necessarily taught in the, the course. No, it's not. But understanding that so many people have different hip structures and how to do a simple movement like a squat. Yeah. How to change a, a, the stance of a Bulgarian for a, a client because one might do it one way and another and might do it another. Yeah. And this is the issue with like TikTok is all these kids are trying to like PT through videos and it's now you don't have the experience to understand that there's no there's never one way to do an exercise. Never. If never. someone tells you there's one way to do an exercise, get look, a new coach. <laughs> look at someone else. Get a new coach. Yeah. Um, no, but it's true. Like I see all these coaches that are up and coming on social media and don't get me wrong, like fucking power to the people. If they can do it online, a hundred percent go for it bestie. But I also on this, on the other other side of that, I'm like, you need to get in-person experience, even if it's doing group coaching, 
Yeah. Even if it's not doing one-on-one coaching, even group coaching, not only do you get to know the biomechanics of everybody and everyone's different, but you also get to know how to communicate with different people. Learning to adapt your personality is huge. It's a huge thing. So I primarily train females. Yeah. And then when I, obviously being a male, I still get a larger male. I still get males wanting to do bodybuilding or like gaining size. So I get them. So I'm not going to talk to the female the same way I'm going to talk to, you know, a 25 year old guy versus a 50 year old female. Oh, completely different. different. Totally different. And learning how to keep a conversation going is huge. Otherwise you're just standing there in silence, counting the seconds, being like, "I I don't know how to do this. And understanding communication styles. Like some people need tough love. Yeah. Some people need a soft and gentle approach. Some clients, you can be super relaxed and, you know, be like swear or whatever, yeah. depending on your relationship. Other clients, you're super professional. Everything's like to articulated the yeah. to the T. And also understanding people's learning cues as well, I think is really, really important too. Mm-hmm. Because I even know, like I do both. You don't do any online coaching, do you? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I'll, yeah, a little bit. But even the difference between like me coaching somebody online, looking through form videos, doing their check-ins, checking in with them during the week yeah. versus coaching someone in person, it's two totally different so worlds. So different. I mean, even learning how to give the same cue, but in like phrasing it in different ways that'll yeah. comprehend with someone. Yeah. Because someone, one client might understand one phrase that'll teach them a certain cue. And you say that to another client and they're going to have no idea of yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I am like the queen of analogies. Yep. Are you, do you do that with your clients as well? Um, I use a string technique. Like think like a, a limb is attached to a string yeah. and it's being pulled a certain way. Because muscles are essentially all just strings. Strings attached to bone. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty That's much it. Literally it. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. I like have the funniest analogies. Like when I cue an RDL, which is like a hinge pattern, I always say pretend you're a teapot. Yep. And all my clients are like, you are literally cooked. What the fuck? But like pretend you're a teapot and think about pouring water out of your forehead. Yep. And the handle is your butt. Nice. I and do it, people get it straight away. The best one for hip thrusts is credit card between your butt cheeks. Oh my God. Yeah. Because it's weird enough that people remember it and it's teaching the right cue of squeezing your glutes. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Or that's a, actually really good. A belt buckle. You're wearing a belt buckle and you're trying to get it to your ribs. Yeah, that's, that's one I tuck. use as well. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm going to steal that credit card. Yeah, go one. for it. You sure you don't want to copyright it? No, I'm too <laughs> lazy for that. <laughs> yeah, so biggest tips, guys, if you're starting your business, get some contracts in place, do some face-to-face coaching. It also is a really great way to build your name in the industry. 100%. And a name is everything. Yeah, I guess like yeah, building your name and your reputation and it's a, it's not an overnight thing. It's going to take time. Mm. Like you and I took two different methods. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily boost myself on my social media much. I do. And Kate does. <laughs> it, and it shows. <laughs> I don't boost myself on my social media as he side eyes me as he's saying that. Yeah, I do. But I guess it's like two different avenues. Yeah. But both are doing equally as well. So yeah, like my clientele is mostly mums, middle-aged women. Um, And that's not necessarily a demographic I'll get through social media. It's a demographic I get through having my face in the gym. Like I'm at the gym probably, God, eight to ten hours a day, six days a week. Yeah. But that's my face. Everyone sees me. People know me. Yeah. Um, Whereas everyone on social media knows you. Yeah. Two different markets, but... 
equally works well. Yeah. Find, and that's another thing, actually. Find your niche. 100%. And your niche can't just be people. You know, no. <laughs> you can't just I work with individuals. No, 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 sweetie. We need to find... So what is your niche then? Mental health. Getting people into a routine, teaching them healthy habits with food. Yeah. Like building relationships with food is a huge thing. Like I, I've always struggled with that. Mm. Um, being a larger kid. And like with clients, it's harder. As you were talking about tracking before... Not everyone can track. Yeah. One of the first questions I'll ask is, uh, are you comfortable with tracking food? If they're not, we find other alternatives. Same. Yeah. And that's the thing, guys. Like if you're thinking of investing in a coach, understand that, yeah, there are some coaches out there that only do calories and macros. That's the only way you can do it. But there are also a lot of coaches out there that you don't need to track your food. Like I reckon I have a 50-50 split of my clients at the moment. Like 50% of them track their food, 50% don't. And both are equally getting great results. I mean, one of the biggest things is with people who don't track, it's just substituting certain things. Do you drink a coffee with milk? You could swap it to almond milk. Yep. Do you have, you know, like pasta? There are, I mean, there are so many low calorie or lower calorie, higher protein pastas or alternatives for everything. It's these little substitutes that over time building into a pattern is just going to help. Oh, everything. Even just thinking about, okay, am I getting a source of protein, carbs, fats? That's the biggest. Protein. Yeah. Am I eating protein? Am I eating protein? Yeah. And like, am I getting a source of all my macronutrients in each meal? I don't actually have to sit down and track them all, but am I thinking about how nutritionally dense my food is or am I just eating for the sake of eating? Yeah. And you should be able to ask your coach uh, roughly like what your uh, food diary is, like what you've eaten in the past day and they should be able to be tell you is it enough protein Mm. like when a client comes to me and they're like this is what i've eaten i can be like okay look at adding you know uh some high protein yogurt or something into your diet you just need that little bit the tiniest change can make a world of difference and that's not a coach being like uh you need this many macros it's hey here's this little food idea that might help yeah and also touching on that sometimes less is more guys Mm-hmm. We don't need to go into any health and fitness journey having to change our whole diet and get rid of every food that we love. Like you can still eat things that you enjoy in moderation, mm-hmm. obviously having balance. Like me and you, we both still go out on the weekend and have a drink here and there. We both still eat KFC. We both train hard. You probably train harder than I do at the moment, but we both train hard as I'm sitting here with a heat pack on my shoulder because I've injured subjective. my neck. Hard is subjective. Hard is subjective. But we both train hard, but we have balance in our life, which is honestly where you find the most happiest um, journey in your health and fitness. Well, the thing is, if you want change, the only way to get change is doing something that makes you happy. As Mm -hmm. weird as that sounds, because change can be uncomfortable. Yeah. If you want to, you know, change your physique by any chance, like a body recomposition, it's kind of just like what training program is going to make you enjoy it yeah. not what's going to be the best for me there's nothing best for you the best for you is what you enjoy yeah and the food the foods that you enjoy don't go you know bodybuilding chicken and broccoli you know there are so yeah. many other alternatives that you can have like food can i be have fun. pasta for breakfast yeah oh, that's so good yeah it's it's my uh, it's still boring i eat it for breakfast and dinner but, but still good it's still good i get i get to wake up and eat pasta that's oh, living but yeah less is more sometimes guys we don't need to add in all this crazy no. raw low calorie high stevia no. fucking shit you can still enjoy the foods that you like 
just making sure it's either in moderation or if you're in a growth phase, yep. you're eating more than what you usually do. And also changes should be progressive. Yeah. Don't change everything at once. Yep. Change one thing and then settle. Master the art. Change the next thing. Yeah. Settle with it. Change the next thing. Yeah. And that's how you build a lifestyle change. Yeah. Like bodies aren't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Bodies exactly. are not built, you know, in a small period of time. It's going to take time. Yeah. 100%. So I have another question for you, which I just thought of. I love how like you're sitting here nervously. Like, what are you going to ask me? Because I, I didn't. I'm not nervous about anything. I'm an open okay. book. This yeah. will be like a plain, simple question. So my question is: What's your childhood trauma? Tell me more about your childhood trauma. Yes. Um, no, my question was about what if you are hiring a coach yourself. Yes. What are the fundamental things that you look for in a coach? It's not the way the coach looks. Yes. Or the strength. Yeah. It is the knowledge yeah. behind the coach. hundred um, percent. Personally, I will look at uh, other people who they have trained, try and, you know, see as much as I can about their knowledge and experience. And then once I feel that, oh, one of these coaches, I like their, their knowledge and their, their principles, um, it's whether I get along with that person. Yeah. Yeah. And... Is that person going to help benefit me? Because uh, for me, like personally, body uh, bodybuilding PT isn't about me. Mm. So people come up to me, and you could be a PT and, and try try to get as many clients as you want. I will refer clients Same. often. Like I've done that to you all yeah, the time. People I come to, to me, too. yeah, and I'm like, look, Kate's going to be the best for you. If you want the best results, go to this person. And it'll be the same with that. Like if I vibe with a coach and I understand that coach, I will go to them. Mm. And, I, you know, you want a good environment and support network. Yeah. And a coach who understands mental health for me yeah. as well. Yeah. That's a really big one. See, when I'm looking for a coach, same fundamentals that you said. Like, I want to know that they know their shit. They've been in the industry for a little bit of time. Um, I want to see, like, their results and how they kind of interact with their mm-hmm. clients as well. But, fun, like, core value for me is, like, will I get along with their personality will I feel seen and will I feel heard? Because I find as a coach, when I'm looking for a coach, I think a lot of coaches think, oh, she's a coach herself. She doesn't really need all that support. And sometimes I'm a needy fucking bitch. Sometimes I need a little bit more support. Like if I'm getting my period, I'm going to be sending you voice notes crying. No, not really. But like I need more support in those kind of times than usually than I would. Even though I'm a coach and I can do it all myself, I want to pay another coach to help me. Yeah, 100%. Like... That's uh, me as a coach, whether it comes to anything, it's if you need to be able to trust and have a client trust you as well as you trust your own coach. Yeah. No matter what it is, you need to be able to know that they're also going to respond to you on a timely manner. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. There are a lot of coaches out there. Like uh, for me personally, if something's affecting me, I try my best not to let it affect my business. Yeah, same. Because at the end of the day, you're running a business. And as a coach, like I know a lot of people who've gone with coaches and they're like, they don't get back to me within the week. And it's like, oh, week. That's, yeah, that's really poor effort. If you're a coach, you're ghosting your clients and you're listening to this podcast, do better. Yeah. Because I look at it this way. It's the same thing if somebody's, you know, I'm going to bang on about meal plans. You guys knew it was coming. But if someone's selling a meal plan that is not qualified to sell a meal plan, that's right? my biggest hate. But my, my look on it is like, yeah, it frustrates me in the industry. It really irks me. But it's only because I could not stand there and sell something 
that I know that I'm not meant to be doing or I'm not qualified to do or I don't know enough about because I would feel like I'm ripping people off. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's the same principles with your coaches not replying to you on time. Like I provide a service to my clients. It's in their contract. They know exactly what they're getting from me. And in that contract, it also says that I will reply to you within 24 hours. Oh. Obviously, I can't reply within the hour. Sometimes it takes a couple of hours, but within a day, you will have a response to whatever question or concern that you need. Not a week. Yeah, 100%. But that's also because of the fact that uh, I hate seeing message notifications. So I have to reply straight away. (laughs) I have to clear it out. Yeah, it pops up and I'm like, oh my God, what do these people need? What do they need from me? But yeah, if you're a coach that does that, like do better. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Like meal preps as well as... uh, This is something... If, especially in Australia, our insurance covers us for what we study. Yeah. If you do a meal plan, you are not covered. Yeah. If something, for whatever reason, goes wrong, you prescribe uh, a certain food that does not react well with the client. Or a supplement. Or a supplement. Do not push supplements. I mean, even as a bodybuilder, people ask me what protein to get, and I say, eat your food. Yeah. Protein through food. Yeah. It is a supplement. Yeah. If you're not getting enough for whatever time reason, then maybe look at it. Mm. But eat your food. Yeah. But yeah, it's we're not covered. So if something goes wrong with your client and you're prescribing a meal plan, they can sue you. Yeah. And like, look, if I was a painter painting a house and I wasn't a qualified painter and I fucked up someone's cornice on their house, cool, it's a cornice, we can sand it off and we can repaint it. Mm-hmm. However, this is people's health, guys. Like... We are messing with people's health, which means we also could be adjusting or interfering with people's hormones. hundred percent. And there's so many more things. Like before I did PT, I don't know if I've told you this, but I used to work as a nutritionist in a healthcare clinic. And I used to deal with clients who had diabetes, who had heart disease, who had PCOS, endometriosis, all of that, everything under the sun, right? But those kind of clients require a different level of attention and detail than somebody who's just, you know, coming in wanting general pop to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. And also, uh, uh, working in this industry five years, your clients do not tell you everything. Yeah. So you will prescribe a meal plan and they will not have told you they're diabetic, they've got a thyroid disease, yeah. like, uh, issue, anything like this. Or an autoimmune disease. 100%. Yeah. Autoimmune especially is heavily diet controlled. Yeah. And a lot of people don't disclose that. Like one of my closest friends has an autoimmune disease and I didn't even know about it until like a couple of weeks ago. It's a lot more common than you think as well. Yeah. So yeah, just being like really mindful if you are getting into the coaching space to always practice within your scope and outsource. Yep. It, refer allied health professionals. Yeah. Like uh, I can look at a client and work with a client and I've been in this industry enough to know, I know what's going on yeah. with your body. But I will be, first thing I'll say, I'll say, this is outside of my scope of practice. See a physio, see someone yeah. I can refer them on. Tell them this is what I believe it is and to have a look at it. Yeah. And then let them work it because you are not a physio. Yeah. You are not an osteo. Exactly. You are not a hormone professional. No. Yep. Don't work. Don't say anything about hormones. <laughs> Just shut your mouth. Yep. I, <laughs> Don't say anything. Zip yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, especially like working with females, uh, I track my client, this is going to sound weird for a lot of clients, uh, a lot of people listening, but mm. I track a lot of my clients' menstrual cycle. Yeah, same. It affects well, strength, do, it affects yeah. injuries, yep. uh, it affects mood, their appetite, fatigue. mood, fatigue. Yeah. Everything like that is controlled around hormones. For men, you don't have to do it as much. Mm. It's, a, it's a bit easier. Yeah. But for women, yeah, everything you do can change. It's 
measuring women is week of the month by week of the month. Yeah. Not week to week. You will find like clients be like, oh, I did this last week and it was so easy. I was like, yeah, but we have to check in four weeks. If it's going to be as easy yes. as it was. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to wrap up the potty because we've literally been speaking for nearly an hour. But before we do, I like to finish every podcast. I mean, have you ever listened to one of my podcasts? Yeah. Oh. I thought you weren't a real fan for a second. Um, But at the end of every of my podcasts, whenever I get a guest on, I like to ask them, what is one thing or two things that you would have told your younger self? Oh, that is a hard one. My younger self was even more of a pain in the ass. (laughs) Really? I would have said, pull your head in. Really? 100%. In what kind of aspects? Every aspect. Really? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, just mentally, I was just... An obnoxious kid, you know, you think you can deal with everything yourself, get help. Yeah. I would tell them get therapy, get therapy, therapy at a younger, younger age. Hot girls and guys go to therapy, guys. Yeah. Uh, work on those issues, learn how to communicate. Yeah. Those are the things I would have told myself. Yeah. I love that. Start training younger. Yeah. That's <laughs> For <literally> me. me. <laughs> I was like, I wish I started younger. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming on the yeah, podcast. Well, that was really, really fun. Do you want to quickly do a selfish, selfless plug where selfless? everyone can find you? Um, on I'm only on Instagram at k.kempster. Yeah. Um, I'm specializing bodybuilding. Like my page is all just me bodybuilding and a lot of animals and memes. Yeah. Really, I have a lot of animals. Yeah, and if you don't follow him, you should follow him for his dog Clarence because yeah. he is literally the cutest thing. But I will leave all of Kale's info in the show notes so you guys can follow him on Instagram. He does some pretty impressive lifts in the gym. And are you taking on any clients at the moment? Um. Yeah. I mean, you can always send a message uh, of interest and see if we can work together. Yeah. Based on what times are available. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.